Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Hello, hello. If you love Jesus, say I do. If you're ready for spring break, say I am. If you're tired of midterm, say I am. Hey, listen, y'all are super holy for being here. If you had a midterm this week, raise your hand, right? If you had a midterm today, raise your hand. Man, y'all are super holy. In the rain even? Man, that's at least three bricks in heaven. Amen on that? Come on now. Anybody going to be spring broke after spring break, right? Remember those days? Like, you're like, oh my goodness, we got like seven weeks after spring break. What are we going to do? Like, how am I going to afford it? And some of you are like, Oh, crap, we only got seven weeks after spring break. I need to get my grades up, anybody, right? And then the senior's like, oh, crap, we got seven weeks after spring break. I got to figure out the rest of my life. Like, I haven't gotten a a girlfriend or a boyfriend. I'm not wifed up yet. Like, what am I going to do? Like, everything's crazy, right? I'll just be honest, though. Like, life is crazy, is it not? Like, isn't college going crazy? Isn't, like this world going crazy. Let's just be honest, though. Like, how are you handling the chaos? Like, you just open your phone up and you see wars are happening right now across this world. We then hear about crazy balloons flying over America being spies, right? Like, like is that an indicator or something? I don't know. But then there's all these controversies. Is is the Bible real? Is the Bible not real? Is this thing right? Is this thing not right? Like, 2024 is going to be a new electoral year. Like, I mean, like, that's going to be crazy in itself, amen? Like, like how do you handle your chaos right now? Like, how do you handle the chaos in this world? How do you handle the chaos in your life? My question to you students is, is do you have peace? And not just peace in your life, do you have confident peace? That no matter what is happening in this world around you, no matter what's happening in your environment, no matter what's happening in your sphere, in your friend circle, in your college, in this nation, in this world, nothing that is happening in this world can take that confident peace away from you. Do you have that? Tonight I wanted to talk about I wanted to have a five-point sermon, but, but I figured that it was the week before spring break, and y'all have studied so hard, amen? Like, you're so studious, you've studied so hard, you didn't cram at all, right? No one waited to the last moment to study for their midterms, right? Just Guys, I never did either, all right? Cram central over here. But how about this? How about I, I have a one-point sermon tonight? It's one condition with one promise. How do we get peace? We have one condition and we have one promise. A condition is something that we do have to do and a promise is something that God has promised us. Now, listen, like people, people are like, well, we don't have to work for Jesus. No, you, you don't have to work for Jesus to get Jesus. In order to have Jesus in your life, listen, there's some students in here that don't get this quite yet. To have Jesus in your life, you have to trust that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And if you put your faith and your trust and your life in Him and you believe that He came and died for your sins so you can have a relationship with Him, that's how you become a Christian. 
Becoming a Christian is, is the easy part. But let's just get real here. Being a Christian is the hard part. It does take effort. It does take some, some real truth in your own life. But for tonight, what is the one condition that we have to have and what is the one promise that God gives us? And it's going to be in Proverbs chapter 3. And he starts it off this way. He says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. So before we get to this condition, King Solomon is setting up just slay game, all right? He's about to just own this passage. And what I love about King Solomon, for those of you who don't know, he is considered to be the wisest man to have ever have lived. He is the son of King David. He was the wisest man to have ever lived. And what I like to take note of, I want y'all to recognize here, is that he says this little, this little comment. He says, my son. And if you can kind of look at this book as King Solomon, what it's cool and what a lot of theologians like to think of is that King Solomon is writing this book to his son. So think about that. Like this is not just King Solomon writing it to a bunch of people like in a far off land. He's not writing it just to some stranger that he does not know. This is King Solomon who is trying to lay out the truth that God has given him. Giving him some golden nuggets saying, hey listen, like this is what God can do for you. This is what God has done for me. This is how he has given me all these treasures here on earth but also here in heaven. Like, like this is what I want you to learn. Like he's trying to tell his son like how big of a deal it is to walk in these ways so when king solomon is saying hey don't forget this or don't overlook this or don't forget my teaching but know that you need to keep these commandments like he's saying that to his son and he says don't forget this because why because it will it'll lengthen your days and the years of your life and peace they will add to you. At the surface level, you think, okay, well, if I just walk with Jesus, all right, it's going to add the numbers of days and the years of my life, right? Well, ask the disciples that same question. Like, did it add numbers, years to your life for walking with Jesus? Well, I would probably, I mean, all 12 of them died because of Jesus, right? Well, I guess I guess one of them didn't, didn't get martyred. The other one, Dagum Judas, went against Jesus, all right? So like, like, no, they didn't add numbers to his life or to their life. But I think what King Solomon is trying to say here is that if you remember these things that I'm about to tell you, son, and you listen to these commandments and these instructions that I give to you, it will give you a peace that you've never felt before. It will make your days feel fuller. It will make your years seem richer. And it will give you a purpose beyond belief. And you will have a peaceful life. Listen, students, I think a lot of people have lived a lot of years but never truly tasted life. A lot of people have lived a lot of years but never tasted life. Because life without peace is a life only living for what you're substituting for peace. What are we substituting for peace? Some of us, we don't have peaceful lives because maybe we live in anger. Maybe we're living in shame. Maybe we're living in 
guilt. Maybe you live in stress and anxiety. Maybe you're broken. Maybe you're beaten. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're living in pride. Maybe you're living in accomplishments or your future. But whatever you're substituting for peace is the life that you're living. Listen, King Solomon has kind of given us a trifecta here, a triangle here. In order to have a meaningful days in a full life, you have to have peace. So to have many days and have long and rich, full life, you must have peace with Jesus. So first condition, we're going to talk about one today, all right? I'm going to keep it short and sweet just for you, three hours long tonight, all right? I don't even want to listen to myself for three hours, so let's go. One, one condition, one promise, chapter three, verse Three through four, here's what it says. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and of man. So what's, what's the one thing? Don't let go of love and faithfulness. He even makes sure that, that his son doesn't forget this when he says, keep this thing around your neck if you're going to forget about it or, or write it on the tablet of your heart. What I like, though, is how he is, he is, one of the, he is the wisest to ever live, and, and, and I, he likes to um, use the same verbiage that God used with Moses on the day that he wrote the Ten Commandments up on the mountain. Because he says in Exodus 34, 5 through 6, he says, I am the Lord abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping it. And guess what I did for you, Moses? I am forgiving sins and iniquities to everybody. And Solomon is telling his son, hey, listen, don't forget this. Don't forget our covenant with God, our relationship with God, because listen, he has done something miraculous for you. He has saved you from the depths of hell, and he has placed you at the right hand of the Savior. Don't forget it. And Solomon says, let that be the lens at which you walk this life, step by step, day by day, year by year, live knowing that he is all loving and all faithful. Because you have a covenant with God. And it says that he is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen. Can I get amen on that one? And abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Don't forget this. Let that be the way that you look in this life. That God of the universe loves you and he is faithful towards you. And then Solomon does the father thing and the father side of him comes out and he says, hey buddy, listen, don't forget this. Like bind this around your neck, chiseled into your heart. Maybe for y'all it's tattooed on your arms. I don't know, right? If you're super holy. How many of us are, are pretty forgetful at things? If you don't write them down, you lose them, Right? I know it's true for at least half the guys in here because I promise you, I meet up with, I don't know, four to five guys a week and about half of the guys, some of you are gonna hang your head in shame right now, half the guys I will, I will text the night before and I'll say, hey, listen, tomorrow 9.15, we're gonna meet at Neighborhood Jam, right? 
get closer to Jesus at Neighborhood Jam, or we're going to get super holy and go to Tai Tai for lunch, and they're going to take you straight to Jesus, okay? And I'll text them. They're like, oh, yeah, we're good. I'm like, we're good for tomorrow. You ain't going to forget, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're good, bro. I got you. I wait seven minutes at any location, and I text them. I'm like, hey, bro, hey, what's your ETA? And they're like, oh. Bro, like I forgot, I was got this one thing. I, I was, yeah, you know, yeah, I just forgot, right? Like, I know that people are gonna forget if you don't write it down. But what's the promise? What's gonna keep us in the game? What's gonna keep this our why? What's the promise that he gives us? For if we live not forgetting our covenant with God and to live a life with his love and his faithfulness, the promise is this. So you will find favor with God. And anytime you find favor with God, you always find favor with the right men. You're not going to find favor with every man, but you're going to find favor with the right man. Students, listen, the favor of God is awesome. Listen, the favor of God is awesome. One person writes it this way. The favor of God, it's the divine kindness or an act of true compassion on the part of God himself towards his children. I think another attribute of God's favor is God's favor is God's grace as God giving us the ability to do something which is humanly impossible for us to do. I think there's some different attributes of the favor of God that I would like for y'all to maybe look at during the spring break. You know, even beyond that, look at the other four conditions and the other four promises that God illustrates in this point. And I think that would be powerful for y'all to maybe talk, talk through while, while you're doing in this text. Or maybe while you're sitting on the beach somewhere and just talk about what God is doing in this text. But being in the favor of God, I can't tell you how much fun it is. Like I think if I could just... Give if I could just take a college student and God said, listen, like, 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 just tell them one thing. I'm like, the favor of God is something that is absolutely amazing. Now let me transition back before I started really, really taking this seriously. Like I spent years in the trenches of shame and guilt. Years. Knowing who Jesus was, knowing what he was doing for me, knowing what he could do for me, knowing what he wanted to do for me, but I still walked in sin. I'll be honest. I'll be the first person to tell you that. My wife will be the second, okay? Because she's my second Holy Spirit. It's Jesus and then Caroline. But that pregnant girl can sing, can she not? Come on. But see, I still did things in college that I'm not, I'm, I'm not proud of and I hope my sons don't replicate. And here's what, I, what was crazy, is that I knew that by doing these things and being this person, it was putting distance in between my, me and my relationship with Jesus. Like, like sinning, doing stupid stuff, messing around with my girlfriend on a Saturday night just to wake up on Sunday. And I wasn't going to Sunday rushing the church ready to worship Jesus. No, I was, I was hanging my head in shame, looking myself in the soul exposure, not being able to even look at myself eyeball to eyeball, knowing that I wasn't walking with Jesus the way that I should, knowing that I shouldn't have been doing some of the things, acting this way, talking this way, Living in shame, I just felt like, ugh, 
Anybody ever felt like uck before? Right? Come raise your hand. We're gonna raise our hand to uck. Is that a word? Ick? Is that that's like the, the popular thing to say? It was only when. Let's get real. It was only when I started. I'm gonna brag about Jesus just for a second, amen. When I was in seminary and I was grinding for Jesus. Every month I would sit down with my budget and every month I was supposed to be $150 short of money. Oh, I was. There was no way. I was making $12,000 a year working 60 hours a week at a church because that's what churches do. I'm just joking. I'm doggone church, all right? I'm talking church. But they worked me, all right, because I was getting a hold. My, my, my mansion's going to be huge in heaven, all right? But $150 short and listen, every month, Somehow, by the grace of God, I would always have money left over in my budget. Like God just made a way. Sometimes it'd be an old lady that would just drop money in the mailbox. Maybe it'd be a job that someone was paying me to do and they'd pay me triple just because. Like God always made a way when there wasn't any other way. Guys, I had a problem in in seminary and I actually ended up becoming partially blind in one of my eyes, and God healed it. That was a miracle in itself, but then I racked up $20,000 worth of medical bills uh, during the next two months uh, just because of everything. And listen, God paid the way. Like, I only had to pay $20 towards $20,000 worth of medical bills. It's a pretty cool story. I'd love to tell you about it sometime. But he wiped it away. I've made it to airline, I've made it to airports, I've made it to meetings, I've made it to very important things that I shouldn't have been able to make it to because all the circumstances that was going on, but I, I prayed like, God, like you gotta make a way, and he made a way when there was no ways. There's even been moments in my life where I've seen God really show up where I've been maybe walking in and, and tell them I can remember one circumstance, and God gave me just a vision to talk to this one person and tell them that Jesus loved them and their spouse for whatever was going on. I had no idea what was going on. And when I said that one thing, it was as if he looked at me and he knew that Jesus was real. And he just smiled in such a real way. He says, man, I, I, I can't tell you. Like, that was the perfect thing to say. Favor gets poured on this soul every Tuesday when I stand up here on this stage and he pours favor on me when I'm preaching to hundreds of people every week. Because listen, if my insecurities took control of me, if, if, if everything that I felt coming into every Tuesday, like it would ground me, but God just pours favor upon me and he helps me lead hundreds of students that I believe are burning for Jesus Christ and they're making an impact on this campus and I'm starting to see the spider web trails going beyond even outside of crossover and we are proclaiming the name of Jesus on this campus. I'm telling you, I've seen it every single week. But students, listen, for you, not forgetting the love and faithfulness, your covenant with God, it won't be taking anything away from your life, but it will be giving you life that you have never experienced before. And what it does when you start thinking in that mindset and when you start walking in that commitment and having that lens and having that vision, what happens is it takes you out of the proverbial bleachers. It's cool that you're a vessel ready to be, but it puts you on the actual playing field and saying, all right, God, 
I'm a vessel ready to be used. And I'm gonna take this thing seriously and I'm gonna walk with you in a real way. Like, like I just wanna start walking. I know that I'm called. I know I made a commitment. I know that you have saved me. Now I wanna take it seriously. And then God starts going to work with you. And he starts showing you things that you never could imagine. Listen, you can even start walking through scripture. And it might be scripture that you have, that you have read a thousand times before. But when you got the favor of God on you, you're gonna read that scripture and such a way it's going to be the perfect scripture that you needed for that day he's going to enlighten your eyes to see things that you have never seen before at the right moment how many of us in this room we want to have the confidence maybe even in our calling like i am walking in the calling of god and i can know it i'm for sure of it listen don't forget the love and faithfulness of god like walk in it Walk in his word, walk in his way. And I'm telling you, like he will lead you to your calling. Many of us don't even know what our calling is. Many of us don't even know what our gift is because it says that we have to fan into flames the gifts that God has given us. And we're not even taking a step to fan into any flame, any gift. Listen, start walking with God. Start being true in his church. Start serving his church. Start serving at crossover, set up and tear down because it's extra holy, right? Like, like start walking in his ways and just being mindful of who he is and your calling and your commitment on him. And I'm telling you, you will find your calling and your confidence in Jesus. How do we do this? How do we right now, maybe we haven't started this foremost, how do we start walking in this First, I need you to evaluate where you're at right now. Let's like, like, just be real with Jesus. Some of y'all, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, need to start a relationship with Jesus. Many of us in here, especially if you come here on a, on a uh, midterm week, rainy week, the week before spring break, you probably are here because you know Jesus, amen? I want you to evaluate your life and think, where am I not walking with Jesus right? Like, like, you know where you are not walking in peace. You're not walking in your covenant. You're not walking in love and faithfulness. Like, what areas of your life right now, think of it, you can probably think of the top four things right now. What area in your life right now are you not walking in Jesus with? I want you to write that on your, on your heart. I want you to write that on your mind. And then this is what I want you to do. I want you to repent of it. I want you to repent of it. We don't talk enough about repenting to Jesus. And this is, I think it's two steps. First, I want you to ask for forgiveness. And I want you to mean it. Jesus, I am sorry that I keep on looking at porn and I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of myself. I'm sick of how it makes me feel. I'm, thick, I'm sick of the shame and God, I, I want to ask for forgiveness. God, I want to ask for forgiveness for messing around with my girlfriend or messing around with my boyfriend. Like, I'm sick of it. God, I want to ask for forgiveness for cheating. I don't want to be a cheater anymore, Lord. I want to live for you. Lord, I want to ask forgiveness of my mouth. And maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm a gossip. And, and I know it's not right, and every time I do it, it makes me feel horrible. God, I want to ask for forgiveness for how I speak, and maybe the curse word. He knows what it is. I know it doesn't bring you glory. I don't know what it is, but you know what it is, and he knows what it is, and I beg you to ask for forgiveness of it. But repentance is also a second phase. I want you to ask for it, then I want you to turn away from it. 
I think a lot of us, we're good at asking for forgiveness. And the Bible says that as soon as you ask for forgiveness with a true heart, God will forgive you. And then he will throw it as far as the east is from the west. Like he thinks of it no more. I think we're good at that. But I don't think many of us are good at turning away from it and walking away from it. Students, track with me here. How many of you are tired of feeling the uck or ick, right? Be honest. How many of you are tired of feeling the shame, the guilt, the distance? And it's not distance because of God, it's distance because of you. And how many of y'all want to be excited? How many of you want to be excited to be back in the presence of Jesus, doing things for Jesus, letting God do things in you and through you that you never could imagine? How many of y'all want to have a testimony 10 years from now saying, you know what, this one night, the week before spring break 2023, listen, this one bald-headed, bearded dude talked about Jesus in such a way that it got me excited, and I wanted to be able to live for a good testimony where I could come back 10 years later and say, you know what, this is what Jesus has done for me. I've been walking through airports and he's given me things to say. I've gone to church and I helped this one lady do this one thing and man, it was so amazing. You know what? I had this one problem and God just like like made a way when there was no way. How many of us want to have an exciting relationship with Jesus that way? Turn from your problem right now. Turn away from your shame. Give it to Jesus. Run from it. Walk away from it. And then this is what I want you to do, is I want you to open the hands of your heart and say, Jesus, you know what, I'm, I'm giving you all this, I'm giving you the shame, I'm giving you this pain, I'm giving you all my brokenness, and I have an open heart that I want you to use me, and I want you to grow in me, and I want to do amazing things for you, and I want to be able to grow in you and through you in amazing ways. You make space for it. And at that moment, and at that moment is when you are living your love and faithfulness because you are tossing the things that take away the peace in your life. You know what things are taking the peace away from you. And you're adding the only thing that can bring you peace. Listen, students, repentance never works if you only turn away from things but you never fill it up with Jesus. So turn from it but always fill it up with Jesus. This is my beg for you. Give Jesus three months. Can you give Jesus three months? Sold out, like no faking it. Like this is, this is an end it all movement, all right? Like, like I wanna make sure that I'm doing this thing right and I want Jesus to work in me in a real way. Give him three months of just being sold out for Jesus. I promise you, I'm batting 100% of people who've literally done this. They never turn back to their old ways. Give him three months of being sold out. Give him three months of not forgetting the love and the faithfulness that he has given you and the love and the faithfulness that you're supposed to be giving to him and walking in that love and faithfulness. But maybe some of us need to wise up like Solomon says and says, hey, listen, to make sure that you're not gonna forget your heart, maybe for some of us, we need to put some remi reminders in our own life about his love and faithfulness. 
How many of us need to walk in the Word of God more than we ever have before? How many of us, maybe when we wake up in the mornings, we don't feel like getting out of bed because we feel that anxiety, we feel that depression. Maybe on our roof, maybe on our ceiling, we need to write some scriptures down that, that bring us joy, that bring us hope. Maybe for some of us, we need to have a, a scripture day on our phone and we just need to memorize it. Some of my friends, they used to put scriptures on their dashboards and it changed their life or have memory cards in their pocket. I know you think it's crazy, but imagine if you put all the words in your head that were Jesus and you took all the crap words out of your life and only had the good word of Jesus in your life. Maybe some of you, you need to go varsity level. You ready for this? Maybe you just walk around with a I love Jesus sweatshirt so all of your frenemies, those are your fake friends, by the way, all your frenemies will stay away from the Christian weirdo, right? Like, you want to go varsity level, start saying, like, I'm a Jesus freak. Why not? Like, what do you got to lose and what do you got to gain? Like, be varsity level on loving and living like Jesus. So as we close here, and I know this is before spring break 2023, if you want peace, Make sure you have Jesus as the king of your life and as your number one. Never falter, never, never lose sight of that. Make sure that, that you know how much he loves you. Please read about how much Jesus loves you. That helps me, how much he has given for you. And, and some of the ways that I think that helps me is, is I really do. I think about Jesus on the cross and him looking at me and saying, Brent, I, I'm doing this for you. And then I think about him just reaching his hand out to me Every single day saying, like, I love you, bro. Like, like, I'm here for you. And then I think about the final day when I finally get to meet him face to face and how glorious when my faith becomes sight. I'm excited about that. Third, you got to turn from anything that takes away from your peace. Make that happen. Turn from it. Repent of it. Run from it. But then fill that with the peace of Jesus. Give him three months being sold out. And lastly, I want you to open your heart in such a way that when you're starting to walk with Jesus, you're giving them opportunities to maybe knock on your heart and say, hey, listen, maybe you should talk to them. Who's going skiing for spring break or snowboarding, right? You know how many people I've evangelized to on that ski lift? Like Caroline, Caroline's like, uh-oh, here we go again. Like I'm, I'm like amped up. I'm like, come on, Lord, like give me something good to say. Man, sometimes you're stuck up there for 20 minutes. You can have a pretty good conversation with somebody. I hope that God gives, that, gives you the inspiration to share Jesus. Maybe for some of y'all, you're going to be sitting on the beach. Share with someone about Jesus. Maybe you're going to be sitting at home on the couch with your parents. Amen, hallelujah. And here, have an open mind. Give Jesus everything and let him pour into you in ways that you can never imagine. And watch what D Jesus does. He will bring you peace that only he can bring you. And you will have a life that you could never imagine.